Hello, everybody. I'm Matt Mikuchi, and you are listening to the Jazzes Podcast. Everybody, Jazz is online editor Matt Mikuchi here, welcoming you to a new episode of our podcast series of conversations with some of the most amazing artists on the jazz and creative music scene today. A series that we simply like to call the Jazz is Podcast, and it's brought to you in conjunction with Jazz is Vinyl Club, a series of vinyl compilations carefully curated by the Jazz is editors, and that is an absolute must for lovers of jazz and vinyl alike. John Diversa is a distinguished trumpeter, composer, producer, band leader, and educator. He is a multiple Grammy winner and nominee, and the recipient of many other awards and honors. In addition to his active career as a performer and recording artist, he is currently professor and chair of studio music and jazz at the University of Miami's Frost School of Music. Throughout his career, he has led projects of various configurations, ranging from large-scale orchestral to smaller combos. His latest album is a duo project with Tal Cohen, and their first album together, The Art of Duo Volume 1, will be released later this week. We'll talk about this and more in our Jazz Is podcast conversation with John Diversa, coming up right now. So fire up on Audio Teeny and listen to the audio waves as they fly through the air. Hi, John. Welcome to the Jazzes Podcast. Thank you. Pleasure to be with you, Matt. Oh, it's a real pleasure to chat with you, John, and uh, have this opportunity. It's the first time we talk, so you know I always like to begin with these podcasts with a little icebreaker question that I'm always fascinated to find out about. So I'd love to ask you, John. Do you have an earliest musical memory that, when you think back, you reckon had a big impact、uh, in you eventually wanting to pursue a career in music? But both my parents were music musicians, so music was in the house always from when. From day one, and my mom was always playing the piano. She's a classical piano player, so she was playing Beethoven and Chopin and Rachmaninoff, and I was absorbing all of these sounds. And my dad was a is a great、uh, trumpet player, and he was playing long tones, but he was also playing、uh, Miles Davis and and Chet Baker, and I was here, and my mom was playing records like Willie Nelson and Aretha Franklin. And Smokey Robinson and Earth, Wind and Fire and Willie Nelson and and so I remember hearing all these things and I remember sitting in my room when I was four years old and just pumping Earth, Wind and Fire and I had pots and pans and pillows and my bed and drumsticks and just drumming, you know, to to those beats and just feeling so filled up. With light and 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 mojo and love and fire, the music just took over my whole body, and and I've never really known anything else. 
And so did you start thinking that you could become a musician from an early age too, or was it just, just a love for music and not, not there was the love for music. And if anything, I saw my dad struggle sometimes, you know, and, and my mom struggle with, uh, you know, making a living as a musician. And so I said, okay, well, I don't want to do that. Um, but the love of music was still there. And then when I was about, I'd say 16 or so, I'd been going full steam with music. You know, music's what I hear when I wake up in the morning. Music is what I hear when I go to sleep. Uh, and music is what I'm doing all day long. And I just realized when I was 16 that if I didn't, you know, pursue music as, as a life, journey that I would not be happy. And I really got that right. You know, I, if I became anything else and didn't pursue my love, then it, it wouldn't be a, a life, uh, lived in its, its full capacity, you know, so, so I knew it was full steam ahead at that point. There was no plan B then. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I knew that that would, uh, you know, if, sometimes, you know, somebody told me one time, if you have a plan B, that means you'll do plan B because it means you don't believe in the plan A. The reality is that life takes you where, where life takes you. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's like you're going, you, you see where you're going and it's, it's not a direct path. And sometimes you hit the curb and sometimes you hit the side, but, but life still kind of p- puts you going in the same direction. Uh, even though you take, you know, a couple stops and a couple <laughs> pit stops along the way. Well, then, uh, how is it and when is it that, uh, you know, the trumpet became uh, your instrument of choice? Well, I, I started uh, first singing and playing the piano. And that's really where I learned how to read uh, and how to write uh, was through singing and, 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 and playing the piano. And when I was uh, about 11 or 12... I, I started playing trumpet in the school band. You know, before that, I played a bit of, you know, I should say I tried out playing some clarinet and trombone and, you know, probably something else. I can't remember. But, but trumpet was the one where I just really was called to the sound. Uh, there was something about it that, uh, it's, it was really hard, but boy, I just, I just, I saw the potential with it. It was just an alignment. And, and so I, you know, I, I, I practiced really hard those years. And my, my father, of course, was a professional trumpet player. So I was really intimidated about practicing around him. So it was almost like I would sneak around when he wasn't around and practice and practice and practice and practice. And a lot of times he would be away. We were living in Oklahoma in the States and he would go to Los Angeles to work over the summers, you know, for months at a time. And that's, I would just practice for eight hours a day. Uh, doing that. And at the same time, I was singing and, and playing the piano and writing songs. And, and when I got into high school, I was, we moved to Sacramento, California. And even though I was singing and, and doing all kinds of other things, the thing that was really cool at the high school that I went to in Sacramento was the big band, was the jazz band. And so that became a real focus. And I found that, you know, I had a, a certain, uh, gift for improvisation and, and jazz. And it was kind of full steam ahead at that point. Right. And, and actually, another instrument that you're kind of known for innovating is the electronic valve instrument, the EVI. Uh, how did you, when did you become in, interested, you know, uh, with the EVI? And uh, uh, what is it about this instrument that fascinated you? Well, in the, in the light, late 1980s, I saw Michael Brecker play the, the EWI. And I, I thought, whoa, <laughs> that is amazing because you can play any sound you want to. 
you know, and just control it through this uh, wind controller. And that really intrigued me. And I, I just, I really wanted to get one. And, and another person that, that uh, I thought was, was treating it so well was uh, Bob Menser. And even at that time, Pat Metheny was playing the guitar synthesizer and, you know, getting these, these analog synth sounds uh, to sound kind of human. And it, and, and it just seems, it seems so limitless, uh, what, what the sounds could be with these, these, these tools. And so, yeah, it fascinated me. And, and the thing about the, the, the EVI, the electric valve instrument that I loved was that it was a whole other instrument, even though it's related to the trumpet. Uh, obviously completely different sounds, but the way that you play it is, is different. And so I found that, once I got one, you know, I practiced it a lot and just kind of got the mechanics together. And I found that it led me to hearing many things that I could never even dream about playing on the trumpet. Uh, because, you know, there was no embouchure involved. There's no, you know, very, the breath sensitivity could be set really low. And so it's a lot easier to, to travel these, these, uh, athletic leaps. And then what I found is when I was able to play these things on the EVI, all of a sudden I w- it opened up the possibility of me being able to play them on the trumpet. And so, you know, these instruments, they just started to really inspire each other. And I found a voice uh, that was different on the EVI. And I also found a, a voice that was different on the trumpet. They just reinforced each other. Wow, that's really interesting how, how that, that can happen, you know, something like that can happen. I found that way when I was in my second, I was probably about 19 years old and I bought myself a pea bass in a pawn shop. And, and that's where I really learned about time, you know, how to really create a groove and find a pocket and feel, uh, and bass is incredible because you've got melody, harmony and rhythm all together, uh, equally as important. And, and that seeped into the way that I played trumpet. I started playing with, with that kind of understanding and experience of what feel is. And, and when I was in college, I started playing cello and I, you know, you never want to hear me play cello. I'm God awful, but you know, that, that the sound of just playing one note, uh, and moving slowly from one note to the other, that influenced the way that I heard music and it influenced the way that I played trumpet and singing influenced the way that I play EVI, you know, all these instruments, they, they make you hear and feel and experience music in different ways. Well, uh, John, one thing that I really love about kind of your body of work, you know, your oeuvre, is that, you know, it really like, you know, from orchestras to big bands to, you know, uh, quintets and so on, there's so much to listen to, different configuration settings, so on and so forth. Uh, and I understand that you'll soon be releasing a duo recording, which is really interesting, the art of the duo, in fact. Can you tell me a bit, a bit about it? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I had been focusing on so many really large projects uh, big bands and jazz orchestral and, uh, which I, you know, I love so much, but they're so difficult to, to go out and tour with, you know, all, all of my career has been difficult to do that. Um, and I, I met, uh, Tal Cohen, who is the other, uh, person of the, of the duo. And it was just an instant, uh, chemistry where we really could be vulnerable and push each other and challenge each other, but also in a very safe, uh, understanding platform. And so we found a music together that was not compromised at all in terms of the, the searching and the seeking and the exploration. And yet it was just two of us, you know, so we're, we're able to much easily considering the budget, 
of touring, go out and get in front of the people. You know, we can go and play the small places, we can play the large places. Uh, and of course, with the duo, it allows me to not only play trumpet, but I'm playing EVI and, and getting into those electronic places and also singing as well. And so it, it explores a lot of different uh, voices, if you will, uh, all within just two people. So we're, we're really excited. We see it as an evergreen project that we'll do for, for years and years together. Oh, interesting. I was wondering about that because I saw that this is volume one. So I was wondering whether there was other volumes in the works. Yes. Yes. Volume two, volume three, volume four. They're, uh, they're just waiting to, to be had. track you are hearing is from The Art of Duo Volume 1 by John Diversa and Tal Cohen, which will be released on the 3rd of February. The duo is the natural progression for both artists and will be a primary project moving forward. The music and its spirit offers a truly unique and expansive journey for both players and audiences alike. And if you love jazz and vinyl, be sure to check out Jazz's Vinyl Club, a new series of vinyl compilations carefully curated by the Jazz's editors and featuring some of the most exciting jazz artists from yesterday and today that we cover in the print version of Jazz's, Jazz's.com, and these Jazz's podcasts. Go to Jazz's.com and click on Join Vinyl Club. And now, let's get back to our conversation with John Diversa. Right. You know, you know, you kind of mentioned it, you know, in the last few years, maybe you've been focusing more on your large scale works. And it's interesting that this uh, Art of the Duo uh, album kind of follows, uh, you know, a major work that you released last year, an orchestral jazz trumpet concerto composed by Justin Morrell called All Without Words, which I found very moving and very powerful. And the story behind it, too, is really moving and powerful uh, can you tell us a little bit about this this one of course yeah justin morrell is is a brilliant composer and i actually have known him all my life because his father uh, john morrell uh, was a studio uh, los angeles uh, guitarist at the same time that my father jay diversa was a studio uh, trumpet uh, musician. And so they knew each other before we were born. And then Justin and I grew up together and learned how to play music together. And, uh, and, and we both pushed each other and composed to, you know, together and had bands together. Uh, and so his, his son, uh, is nonverbal and his son is on the spectrum of autism. So, you know, I encouraged Justin to write this piece that was all about his experience of being a parent. Um, in this, uh, in this lifetime, in this situation. And, 
you know, all of the pain, all of the joy, all of the love, all of the frustration, you know, all of those life moments that are such a rich experience that you share together are in this piece. And what Justin did is he recorded on his iPad uh, his son Lauren just vocalizing a little bit, just singing and humming and coming up with shapes and phrases and sounds. And he came up with a couple of different uh, motific cells that became the theme. And then there are 11 variations that come after. And it's 72 minutes of, you know, a, a magnum opus that he wrote that's embedded with, uh, with Lauren's vocalizations. Yeah, like I said, it was very moving, very powerful. And I just thought, you know, it'd be great to kind of talk about that one as well. Uh, one thing I noticed too, I mean, you know, we talked about you kind of being you know, working within different configurations and settings. And also, you know, <laughs> you're incredibly dynamic. You talked about how you kind of, you know, try to, to look out for different sounds all the time. And and it's interesting because it got me thinking, you know, because, you know, very quite recently, and I think we might just be getting out of it now, we went through difficult periods in the, pande- the pandemic and the lockdowns. And I, I was wondering whether you t- were able to kind of maintain a healthy schedule of putting out, you know, fascinating projects. I mean, I know about your Quarantena album, which was, which is really great. It was quantet with special guests, but what was it like for you during those times? Did you find it challenging to stay focused and creative? It was, it was a great time to go within. I think, I think for many people, but certainly for myself, it, it was a time to really look at, uh, for myself, look at the busyness <laughs> of it all and see, okay, what am I doing now that no longer serves what I want to do f- moving forward. You know, when, when everything just, it was like a reset, right? Um, so it really enabled me to look at, okay, what is the music I want to make now? And, 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 you know, in 2020, we, we recorded Quarantena, you know, really celebrating family, you know, with family at home. Cause all of a sudden we were, we were home with our families and, and, you know, just, just cherishing and sharing gratitude together. Um, and we even recorded all without words, the orchestral project that we were just talking about, you know, toward, toward the end of that period. And so it was a time to write and write music that was really intentional. You know, I'd already, already been moving in that direction the last number of years, but, you know, just, just go into fifth gear about whatever music I'm going to make. It needs to be very deliberate, uh, intentional, and, you know, like it's your last day on the earth, you know, and celebrate it. And, and bring light to the world and bring love to the world and, and, and lift. Uh, you know, I feel like that's part of my mission here is just to, to bring this light and joy, uh, through music and, and affect people in a positive way. Uh, that's all I want to do. So if anything, I double down on how I was already feeling. Right. Well, actually, in fact, I was reading 2020 was quite a special year for you. You, uh, I believe that you, uh, were honored by the city of Miami Beach, which proclaimed February 23rd of that year, John Diversa Day. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. That was, that was a, a, a surreal and funny moment. We, we were actually playing, it was right before, it was February, as you said, in 2020. So right before the, you know, the pandemic had hit and we played a gig in, in, uh, Miami Beach and, uh, a lady came to me and said, uh, before you play your set, you know, they're going to make a proclamation. And I, I said, okay, what, what are they going to proclaim? <laughs> and she said, well, you'll see. <laughs> and so, so the mayor was there and they, 
they offered me this uh, this honor, which 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 is is really wonderful. I'm I'm uh, I'm really grateful and and thankful. Well, earlier you mentioned that you know you see a, part, a large part of what you do is bringing light and joy to people, and and I wanted to kind of ask you about another side of your professional you know life and music. And something else that really fascinates me is you know your work as a music educator. Uh, including as chair of studio music and jazz at the Frost School of Music. Is that something that you enjoy doing? And, and you know, what do you see as the role of, of a, a music educator is in these times? Well, I think everybody has a, a different role and sees it in a different way. And, and you know, that's that's the beauty. We all have our our call and our different mission and our, our different angle at, uh, you know, bringing education and mentorship and guidance uh to those coming up that for those that are that are seeking guidance and seeking mentorship and seeking education so we you know we all find our match points and i know for me it brings me great joy to be in that position uh because uh you know it's 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 an opportunity to share uh what what I've gained over a lifetime dedicated to music with with those that are in alignment, and it's it's a it's a moment where I can really give and 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 mentor and uh, and show people a mirror to themselves and say, hey, you know, this is what you've got going on, and and these are the places that you can develop, and and have you looked at these deep dark shadows, and 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 have you. Uh, have you really seen your own power that you have with music and, and, uh, hear the skills that you can, you can hone and, and work on and, and become the best you, you can be. And, you know, I love being, uh, in a position to, to be able to provide that mirror for, for the, 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 the young, younger human beings coming up. Uh, you know, it, it makes the world go around. It's this whole cycle of life that's beautiful. Yeah, it sounds like it's not just about the technique then or the theory behind the music, but it's also like, you know, soul searching, confronting yourself, like you said, and just kind of maybe finding out a little bit about your own self. Well, you know, honestly, I, I feel like all of the information is is on YouTube. <laughs> you know, all all the zeros and ones, they're all there uh, in this day and age. And so, you know, I think the intangibles are actually becoming even more important to, to get into and also just providing a community where you can talk about all these things and, and support each other and say, Hey, did you know that this is possible? Did you ever think about this? You know, did you ever, uh, think about this option or hear this and, and incorporate this fusion of things and put this together? Uh, you know, that's where the importance of it's almost like the the real value is in community and mentorship uh, right now, even more than than the actual information. Although, yes, you need to develop all of the skills and all of the craft, you know, and there's an encouragement to do so from the mentorship. But honestly, the information is is everywhere for, to be had by everybody. Right. Well, John, it's been a fascinating conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. But before I let you go, you know, I can't help but ask you, is there anything that you're working on at the moment that you'd like to share with us? Or is there any ambitions that that perhaps you'd like to share with us? Something that you'd like to do in the future that you haven't quite done yet, but like it's just there at the back of your mind waiting to waiting to be let out. <laughs> oh, it's it's all in the front of my mind. <laughs> uh yeah, I'm working on several, several different projects right now. There's, there's one that's going to incorporate, as you mentioned, all the diverse, 
uh, musical projects that I've done in the past, including jazz orchestral and big band and all the improvisational things and uh, playing different instruments. So I'm incorporating uh, all of these things where I'm singing and writing for big band and, and orchestra all into one project. And, and that should be, I'm going to start, uh, you know, recording that very soon. Um, and, and also another project that I'm working on with chair, uh, with, uh, Justin Morrell that celebrates, uh, Cherokee, uh, indigenous, uh, American Indian, uh, culture and, and, and language. Uh, that's coming up soon. That's going to be another jazz orchestral project, but I'm very excited about the duo project because this allows me to finally get in front of the people and, and travel and, and really, uh, you know, like I said, get in front of the people, which I, I'm, I'm most interested in doing. Mm. And the traveling part too. I mean, does travel broaden your mind? Absolutely. I want to travel uh, as much as possible and, and, and get to as many communities uh, as we can that, that align with the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, John, thanks again for joining us. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you. I feel the same way, man. Thank you so much for having me. Looking so sad like something's wrong Are you enjoyed my conversation with John Diversa and I remind you that The Art of Duo Volume 1 will be released on February 3rd and if you love jazz and vinyl be sure to check out our Jazz is Vinyl Club join the club and we will send you four premium limited edition color vinyl albums mailed directly to you just go to jazzis.com and click on Join Vinyl Club for more and as music from John Diversa and Tal Cohen's The Art of Duo Volume 1 plays us out I encourage you to keep an eye out for more Jazz's podcasting content, our print magazine, and other great content available to you on our regularly updated website, jazzes.com. And if you like what you see, you can always subscribe for more. Till the next time, this is Matt Mikuchi signing off. See you soon. We only have a blink of an eye, so don't you let life pass you by. Live your whole life. With a passion 